Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric and Chad here with Iraq Veteran 8888. Today, we've got another gun gripe episode for you. Um, this is one that is kind of on the fly gun gripe. Um, we were just talking about this at lunch, actually, and we came up with this idea. And I, and I have to admit, this gun gripe, I'm going to be throwing my stepson under the bus a little bit. Oh, we're going to be throwing him under the bus. Oh, we're going to throw him under the bus big time because this is something that kind of came up. So the name of this gun gripe is Glamour Guns. Or Fashionable Firearms. Fashionable Firearms. Glamour Guns. So we're talking about things that people will put together a gun or build up a gun or configure a gun based solely on cosmetics and not performance. Cosmetics, aesthetics, just the way it looks, yeah. whatever the case is. So you guys have probably seen the Mall Ninja video that we made where we put together um, you know, this crazy AR with all the stuff all over it and everything. It has a really weird, you know, crazy look to it. And guys, that was a, a, a satire, okay? <laughs> that video was essentially a satire of guys that put all kind of random crap on their ARs and everything. And, and, and I guess this, this kind of goes along the same vein, but what we're talking about more in this video so, so let me just break this down. So my stepson comes up to me, you know, last year for Christmas, I put together a DMR for him. Mm -hmm. And uh, we built him out a, a, you know, a nice DMR with a mag tactical lower, you know, a, uh, a nice Magpul PRS buttstock. That's because he wanted that stock. Because he wanted that stock because it looked good. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to use a lot of air quotes. I'm going to mm -hmm. warn you in this video. So he wanted the Magpul PRS because, according to him, it looked good. Okay, that's what he wanted because it looked right. And then he, you know, he wanted a certain rail length. Well, we got him one of those nice um, ion bond coated uh, BCM 18 inch match barrels. Mm -hmm. Very, very good barrel. You know, he shot my DMR, um, which this one right here is a nice kind of no sense, uh, no nonsense, no bullcrap uh, type AR right here. That's got everything it needs and nothing does. All business, baby. All business. So he liked my all business kind of AR, and he wanted something very similar to that. That he could kind of make his own. He so, had a we we put him a 13 inch Geisley SMR rail on it, and right. he didn't like it because the it gas block the gas block stuck out the end a little bit and didn't look good. Yeah, it, it poked so. out the end just a little bit. So, but oh, that didn't look good enough, so we had to change it around. So, basically, I've I've been kind of undergoing this like transformation of this rifle that has been taken since Christmas of this mm -hmm. last year up until now. And, you know, mind you, he hasn't had a lot of time to get out and, and just really shoot the thing much. But, again, it's always this, oh, well, I don't like the way that looks. You dropped well, an, what, what were you telling me at lunch? You dropped an ACOG on okay, there? Okay, so he had, so he liked the ACOG. It was on this gun. So we put an ACOG on his rifle. It was like a TA-31 with a, you know, nice donut reticle, like a three and a half power optic. Perfect match for, like, just a good four or five hundred yard, you know, combat type gun, you know, which is kind of what the build uh, was supposed to be. Just kind of a nice thing. So he comes back to me, well, I want to swap this optic for something else because I thought about it and I don't like the way it looks. I don't like the way it looks. Well, what do you mean Sorry, the way it looks? It. I mean, that, that's kind of like taking a hammer and going, oh, that's one ugly hammer, Bob. I don't know if you can really drive a nail with that hammer. So we, we felt it appropriate to kind of to hate on him a little bit in this video. So he's, he's probably going to see this. He's going to hate us. So, uh. so what I did was I, I had a, you know, one of the new uh, Geisley Razor mounts, and we dropped uh, like 2.5 to 10 uh, Vortex Viper in there. And it and it sit on there, you know, nice and nice and level. We got the mount leveled out for him. We got the optic dropped on, leveled out, and he put it on there. And he goes, "Now that looks awesome." And that was his exact words. That looks awesome. So, I mean, so the gripe <laughs> is about people who who are concerned about cosmetics 
And and Jacob's not the only one. There, there's plenty of people out there, primarily young people. Yeah. It's usually people that are young. And, and let's face it, we're all young at one point. Young and fickle. And we make these decisions that are very fickle. And that's a very fickle thing to be concerned solely about the way something looks, but not how it performs, you know. Mm-hmm. And at one point, you know, Jacob was telling me, oh, well, I want to swap this barrel out for something else. I don't like the way it looks. I don't like the way it looks. We've built... Like what? Three, three or four rifles with that BCM barrel. I've got a stainless one on mine that Eric yeah. Duracoated. You guys have seen that thing around, and we're still working on getting some videos done on these guns. Sure. But they shoot so freaking good. Yeah. I mean, I've got a 60 grain nozzle hand load that groups half to three quarter inch. It's a three hundred and fifty dollar barrel. It's not a cheap I mean, barrel. No, it's know? not. But it shoots wonderful. But you know, some yeah. people like the look of like those spiral fluted barrels or yeah. the two tone barrels or whatever. I mean, that's that's all fine and good. But you're yeah. taking a perfectly good barrel off of a rifle and replacing it with something else and you're just going to put this one in a bin and, and it may not necessarily shoot better that's the thing it just so, doesn't make any sense i, I suppose I, the the whole thing here is that you know that's the beauty of of our country is that we have the freedom to make the decisions we want you know if a guy wants to to set up a, an ar like in the in the latest uh Suicide Squad movie like Will Smith had with like purple and gold and crazy appointments. If you haven't seen that movie, you'll see the AR that he totes around. It's crazy looking. I haven't seen it yet. I'll look that up. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes you want to put something together that looks crazy for a particular reason. I mean, let's face it. Sometimes a gun doesn't have to necessarily make sense. I'm not saying that that's, you know, not okay or whatever. Um, but we're talking about trivial things that don't really change the performance mm-hmm. of the gun. But when you're building a gun as a tool that needs to perform su- as such, as a tool, but then you're worried about cosmetics. I mean, and then another vein of this gripe is also the kind of people, and believe me, I've seen it time and time and time again. They'll come in and they'll, like when I used to gunsmith uh, with Ray at Moss a little more often. Oh boy. Guys would come in and they would say, "Hey, man, you know, I want you to duracoat this thing like OD green and two-tone black and green, and dude, like stain the stock and do all this awesome stuff. And man, this thing's gonna be a life and liberty gun. Man, this thing's gonna get dropped in my trunk, and if I gotta use it, I'm gonna pull it out. And man, it's gonna be awesome. And then bring the gun back like two weeks later." Oh, there's an itty-bitty little scratch on the finish. I want you to touch it up. Like, dude, so are you going to return a hammer to Home Depot because the little, like, knurls on the, the front of the hammer, the stippling gets, like, beat out from using it so much? Oh, I don't want this hammer no, no. anymore because it that, doesn't look good. It'd, it'd be more like, you know, the painted oak handle or hickory handle or whatever on your axe is starting to chip off after you've used it for a few years and you take yeah. it back to the store. It's like, I need to return this. Yeah. A lady actually tried... I don't I, like the way it looks anymore, so when I'm going to bring it back. When I worked at Home Depot, there was a lady, I kid you not, she returned a used rake that looked like it had been left out in the rain for like five years. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I don't need this anymore. Right. <laughs> what? Well, you know, the, the thing is, I, I suppose the I suppose the overall scheme of this gripe, and, and I suppose the point that we're eventually trying to get to here. There, there's a point in there There somewhere. is a point. I promise there's a point. <laughs> the, the point is, if you're going to build a gun as a tool, treat it like a tool. I mean, like this ACOG that's on here, you know, this is an awesome five and a half power ACOG. This sucker is awesome. But, you know, it's got some little marks on it. It's got some scratches. This gun's got a little bit of handling wear here and there. I mean, yeah. You it, got it, some splooge or something like that coming out from there. Yeah. We got some grease or something yeah, like that. Yeah, probably some, you know. Oh, oh. And your upper and lower doesn't match. Oh, oh no. yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've seen online. Like, there's, there's entire forum posts, like on AR15.com, and it, it's crazy. Like, how can I make my upper and lower match better? 
Like, what are you talking about? Well, it's one's kind of dull and one's kind of glossy. Yeah. What? Even factory guns, the the lower and upper won't match 100% of the time because they're anodized separately. They I are. mean, and each batch of anodizing could be slightly different. I mean, use the thing. Let me, tell you, weird, coat, let me tell you a whatever. weird thing about cosmetics, okay? You know, I understand. I get it, okay? If you're going to spend your hard-earned money, some people want something that it looks a certain aesthetic pleasing uh, type of thing to them or whatever, that's fine. You know, if you're going to spend your hard-earned money on a gun, you want it to look a certain way, well then by, by all means, make it look a certain way. What we're talking about is just the blatant, like... Fickleness. Fickleness when it comes to the way something is set up. I mean, here's the thing, you know, look at... This might be a bad example, but look at the music industry and look at guitars, oh, okay? Oh, God, yeah. Like, there's there's a lot of lot of companies like, all right, first one comes to mind, obviously, is a company like Fender, okay? If Fender makes a brand new, like, super elite Stratocaster or Telecaster or guitar or whatever, you know, it's going to have a beautifully applied finish, hand oil rubbed neck and all the every little detail is going to be just right when you buy the instrument and everything like that but then fender also offers like a relic line where their guys will take the a, a guitar with like a nitrocellulose finish and they'll hit it with chains and smack mm -hmm. it and drag it around in the parking lot and make it look like it's been toted in and out of a bar for the last 50 years some people like the aesthetic pleasing quality and we'll of pay. a well used and well abused oh, yeah you know, device, whether it's a gun. And, and there are people that have come to me before. Like, I had a guy that, um, you know, his grandpa carried an M1 Garand, mm -hmm. or actually an M1 Carbine, I'm sorry, in World War II, and he bought an M1 Carbine, and he wanted a battle-worn-looking M1 Carbine. So this guy brought me a brand-new, really good-condition USGI Carbine, and he said, I want you to distress the stock, I want you to distress a little bit of the metal, give it some like even patina, make it look crazy. And I literally got paid to take that guy's gun and make it look like it was carried through, you know, theater of war. And it actually looked pretty freaking convincing. There's a and lot, a lot of, of the relicking that I did on that gun, I actually learned from guys in like the Fender Custom Shop. Mm -hmm. So like taking little lengths of chain and smacking it and getting those unique little dings that you're just not going to get any other way and like just dragging it through like gravel of I, different sizes. I would have just traded in my inland this all beat up. Well, you know, yeah. just like, here you go. I'll just take this. You can have that one. Yeah, but, you know, but, but the thing is, the customer's always right. Yeah. And... Ultimately, if you're spending your money, you're always right, too. Yeah. So the vein of this gripe is that, yes, there is a fickle side to people when it comes to... They'll, sometimes they're concerned about looks, nothing more, and they just don't understand the true performance of the rifle that they're building or something. But then, too, there's the aspect of this is America, and you can do what you want, and if you're spending your money, why not have what you want? Yeah, I mean, I'm not hating on anybody, but sometimes some things just really don't make any sense what, what people do. I mean, like I said, I mean, taking a perfectly good barrel, like, all right, for example, okay, this, is a, this was just a parts kit gun, okay? It, it started life as an Anderson lower, okay, yeah. and, a, and a parts kit. And uh, I put a BCM rail on here, and some people hate Keymod. Well, guess what? I really like this rail. Some people don't like the way it looks. You know, I don't really care about the, the, the way it looks or anything like that. I care about the function. You know, it's a really nice, thin-profile rail. There's a ton of Keymod stuff out there, and I just try to keep things simple. And I went with, like, the BCM stuff, and some people don't like these kind of vertical grips. Oh, that doesn't look right. The angle doesn't look right on there. Or, or like this stock. looks? Well, guess what? Well, I bought this stock just to fit on this mil-spec tube, and I, it's... It's the first BCM stock I've ever used, and I tell you what, it's solid. Yeah. It's got really nice solid lockup, doesn't wobble around. I've got a little Trigicon CA33 on here and a little LaRue mini mount. Perfect. I mean, it, it's just a perfect no-nonsense rig, and guess what? My upper and lower don't match. 
Oh, but guess what, though? The rifle does look pretty good, though. And then also, so myself. some people, like, they'll buy a parts kit or something like that, and they'll immediately change the front sight base. You know, if you don't have the proper tools to just cut the front sight base down, I mean, I, I took a front sight base, took it outside, went on the grinder and the sanding wheel, and I just trimmed it down and made my own low-profile block because I still wanted that thing to be cross-pinned and, you know, with taper pins and pretty much permanent, permanently uh, in, in place. Mm -hmm. And I have to worry about set screws or trying to dimple it and just running into problems down the road. It may not look that great. I took some high-heat caliper paint and just sprayed that thing down when I was done with it. I mean, you know, this is a tool. This rifle is a life and liberty tool. It's not meant to look pretty or anything like that, but maybe I'll take it outside and cry on it one day just for the hell of yeah. it. But I, I don't know. It's just... It's just crazy. I mean, the whole thing got started when we were talking about, you know, Jacob's rifle lunch and how he was switching the scopes out. It was like he went from, I mean, nothing against Vortex. We lot, we run a lot of Vortex stuff, and I've got a 4-16 to just like Jacob has on my DMR-style AR, and that thing works phenomenally That's well. Awesome. And, you know, Eric Duracoated my rifle completely. I said, here, just paint this whole thing. Paint committed the whole, now, I was man. like, paint the whole thing? It's like, yeah, paint the whole thing. Just do it all. I want it all, like, hide in the woods camo. It's committed. You know? But uh, he, he traded it, like, $2,000 ACOG for, for you know, Maybe I empower people a little bit too much. You know, I try to be the kind of kind of dad, you know, if, if he says, I want want this, I, I try to take care of the kid and give him well, what hell, he wants. Well, we, we didn't have that kind of stuff when we were kids. We no. Were, we were, <laughs> we were he, in a bad spot sometimes. I, I guess it's, it's the kid logic. If, oh. if, if he wants something because it looks a certain way and nothing more, I'm going to give the kid what he wants, I suppose, and I, I suppose I shouldn't complain because there is an empowering factor there that I'm empowering him to do that. Well, what, but we all have to learn, though, eventually, and yeah. I think that's the spirit of this video, yeah. too, is that learning sometimes that taking something out and getting used to it and using it and treating it, like Chad said, like a tool, I think the big portion of that is the fact that sometimes you have to learn what works best for you. And maybe well, he, maybe I know what works best for me, and you know what works best for you. But maybe he doesn't yet. Maybe, maybe an ACOG just isn't the optic for him. Yeah. And maybe he'll, that, he'll he, figure it out. One yeah. of these days, he'll be like us and have like a drawer full of you know AR parts and rails. I mean, to the point where you can buy an upper and a lower and a couple of small components, so you can build like three rifles. You know, but we especially were especially when you start upgrading crap, oh, God, you start yeah. like pulling something off. Well, that part just doesn't disappear; it just no. accumulates. Yeah. You know? But you know, something else that we were talking about at lunch was how certain rifles fit into that category of, yeah, I, I want that as a collectible, I want that as something just to just to have and look at and look pretty. Sure. That's fine. There and that's are, okay. There are certain guns out there that are meant for that purpose. I mean, you buy something like we were talking about like an artillery Luger. You know, that's not a tool per se. That's not something that you're gonna not you anymore. Know, bet no, that's not something that you're gonna bet your life on now any any day of the week, although you could, most likely. Oh yeah. But those guns are fairly rare. They're very expensive, and one in very good shape is a ex is an excellent investment. Yeah. But that's the difference. You know, collectible firearms, firearms that are meant to look pretty, or whatever the case is. I mean, like some of those. Uh, what were those rifles we were looking at at the antique arms show um, with the the beautiful case hardening? You know, on the milled uppers and lowers. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of who they, did, did the work on those. Uh, they they do all the the lever guns and everything too. Ah, uh, oh, oh God, yes, Turnbulls. Those Bill guns, Turnbull, I think, says. Oh yeah, those guns. Now that's probably not something you would take out and shoot. Right. But, but it's also a you know five six thousand up to ten thousand dollar gun depending it's, on how you look at it. It's eye candy. It's just meant for investment purposes and just collectability yeah. only. So uh, there there's there's differences. Yeah. I mean, 
you know. I, I think this gun gripe is, is pretty well placed <laughs> there in terms of that. So we're going to get some hate for it. We're going to get some that. hate, but that's okay. Guys, I guess the moral of the story is, you know, um, it's okay to build something and make it look the way you want. We're certainly not saying that you, you shouldn't be happy. I mean, right? Beauty is it, in the eye of the beholder. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but, but performance is in the hands of the rifleman. And if you're building a rifle for performance, well, then by God, build it for performance. Don't spare any expense. Build build that performance. I mean, the thing about AR, so many people say, oh, well, you guys are making another boring uh, AR video, and I don't want to watch this because ARs are boring. But you know, there's another side to that boringness, is that accuracy can be bought in an AR. You can take an AR and you can spare no expense and like select the components that matter and add the components that really make the true difference. And guess what? You can buy accuracy, guys. You can. You can build accuracy. ARs are a wonderful platform for delivering that bullet from point A to point B. They will do it very precisely. They'll do it, you know, and <laughs> they're just great for that. So from that aspect, you know, Build with a purpose. If you're going to build an AR, if you're going to have an idea that you're going with, okay, if you're going to build Will Smith's gun from uh, from the Suicide Squad, build it. Do it crazy. Do it right. Build it. But also understand from the, the standpoint of the story, and I guess the gripe that I have, is that if you're trying to really go after performance and accuracy and, you, and, that, and the name of the game for the build is accuracy, then let accuracy speak for itself. You know, it doesn't matter what the barrel looks like up under the rail. It doesn't matter what the rail looks like. What matters is how the dang thing works. So that's the important thing. Pick something, stick to it, practice with it, get good with it, and you'll find that that rifle will be your companion. I'll tell you what, you know, some of the custom Cerakote, you know, options and whatnot there out there, there's a ton of companies that are doing that kind of stuff. Ryan up at Moss does a really good yep. job on Cerakote. And uh, I've actually been thinking about sending a couple of my guns up there just to have them mm -hmm. do them up. And, you know, one of them's a 12 and a half inch 300 blackout that I'm planning on just using for hunting applications mainly. Yep. And I just want it kind of high in the woods. Yep. You know, and one and of those things like cosmetics, beat up, cosmetics don't matter, but they do. I mean, I put it. That's one of those things, like in the middle there. Some you know? people might not think that like a full-size rifle stock looks good on an SBR, but you know that's kind of the purpose. I like you know just simplicity on the sure. hunting rigs and such. So I agree. Uh, it's just yeah, yeah, it's one of those things, you know. It is. It I is. Mean, it can be taken a lot of ugh. different ways. I mean, there, there's a lot of different camps there that you're you're trying to appeal to in this video. Yeah. So what do you think? Let me know in the comment section below, you know, do you have a gun that you built just because you wanted it to be gaudy and crazy? I know I have. I, I've built guns specifically for the, the aspect of it being crazy. Oh, he's over there. Oh, you yeah. know, sometimes a gun build doesn't have to make sense. So are you one of those guys <laughs> that built something just because you can? Or are you one of those guys that built something because you don't care what it looks like, you just want it to perform well? Dude, that thing's, so, that thing's ugly as hell. It is ugly, but I love it. <laughs> and, and it's mine, and it's the only one like it. So um, are you one of those guys that likes the unique and the custom, and you don't care how it looks, but you just want it to perform well? Or are you one of those guys that every little nut and bolt, if you get one little speck of rust inside your screw, you're going to go screaming and to the gunsmith to pull it out and refinish it or something. So where do you fall in there? Where does that kind of correlate to you as a gun owner? I want to know. Let me know in the description box below or the uh, comment section below. Guys, thank you for watching this particular gun gripe. We felt that this was kind of a, a fun little pit poke at some people, including uh, a person from my camp, you know. Uh, this was kind of a poke at Jacob. So We're, we're going to catch hell. You know, <laughs> some people have faults. We all have faults. And I'm not saying it's a fault. 
But what we're saying in the video is that there, there is a different perspective as to performance versus looks and versus, you know, and, options that people want. You yeah, know? And, and trivial fact. I mean, like, just the trivial nature of, of, of things and just how fickle people can be over just simple things that really don't matter. Yeah. I mean, that, I think that's kind of the, the general gist of this. It's it just, is. I mean, don't be fickle over over the small things. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, let us you know. know in the uh, comment section below where you fall in that category. Did we leave a certain type of person off of this list? Uh, is there somebody that, you know, where you're thinking, well, you didn't mention the, the such and such type of guy. Is there somebody we left out? Let us know in the comment section below. So, guys, thank you for watching today's video. We have many more gun gripes on the way. A lot of these gun gripes, guys, are ones that you people submit to me. Mm -hmm. So, like, y'all will email me. And we'll print out the good ones, and we usually will try to get to everybody's, uh, you know, uh, gun gripes when they submit them. Hey, uh, I'm gonna go redurricote that for you right now because that bolt's got a little bit of wear on. Yeah, see that? That that is not gonna do. I can't do for that. And, and that the front of that bolt is also not green. I can't have that. That ain't gonna work. Yeah, go duricote that. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. We'll catch you next time.